ladies. Welcome back to our Women of Influence podcast. As always, um, I'm your co-host today, Kara, and we're continuing our My Story series today. All of the stories that we've heard so far have been so incredible, and today is definitely not going to disappoint. We have a very powerful Women of Influence here with us today. Her name is Tina Konkin with Relationship Lifeline, and Women of Influence, as well as I, have been working with her for many, many years, and you are all in for an incredible treat. But before we get started with all of that, I have the pleasure of introducing the founder of Women of Influence, Miss Tammy Hotson-Piller. How are you? I am so good, Kara. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for already leading us into such a great time of prayer this morning. Of course. You know, we start all of our podcasts really just coming to the Lord for wisdom on what we're supposed to say, because we know that there are women listening today that need to hear this message. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for just being in tune with the Spirit and just really laying this podcast out really in the throne room before we actually record. So love you. Thank you. You're bright, smiling face and co-hosting with us with Women of Influence, and I love you dearly. Thank you, Pastor Tammy. Well, I do want to welcome and thank my dear friend, Tina Konkin, for being here with us in the studio. Um, We've been down a lot of roads together, my friend. We have. A lot of roads. And um, we just, first of all, want to thank you for all you do in marriages and relationships. So many people in our church have gone through your ministry, and um, honestly, what you do is unparalleled to anyone I know out there that does work out and repair with marriages. So thank you for that, for relationships. And uh, But that's not what I want to talk to you today about. Um, as I said to you earlier, when I began praying this morning, I asked God, what was the word that you were supposed to bring us today? It was the word calling. Mm. And let me set that up a little bit for our viewing audience today, um, because I want you to share your story. You know, we've talked privately as friends and women in ministry about our heart our hurt, our heartache, our difficulty. And you shared with me a little bit about the fact that when you were called as a young girl, way before your marriage, your relationship, your children, and even your ministry, God called you. And you know, Tina, I believe because he did the same thing with me, he called me and set me aside before I ever met my husband. He marked me, he called me. And women, as you're listening today, I want you to know God called you individually, right now as you're in your car, you're driving, you're listening to this podcast, you're seeing it on Facebook, on our YouTube channel, right now, I want you to receive that God called you. The Bible tells us He called us in our mother's womb. He knew us. He knit us together. But sometimes people look at us and they go, well, you're in ministry. Of course, God called you. But He didn't call me. But So I want to start with that misnomer. God did call you, my friend. You are a woman of influence, and God called you. But Tina, uh, again, welcome. Would you just start by telling a little bit of your story and how God marked you, God called you, God equipped you, and it's looked different along the way in these seasons of life for you? You know, I think it all started for me. I can remember I was five years old. And at that time, I was really called already because already at five, I had a broken heart. Mm. And when I look back from the time I was five and moving on to eight when we moved to Canada from Belgium where I was born, I was always attracted to children with broken hearts. I could pick them out anywhere. And I think that was because I could relate to that. I could relate to the idea of you should have never been born, or I was in the way, or I was bullied because I didn't speak the language. So very mm. as a very young child, I knew that I wanted to make a difference in this world by healing the brokenhearted. And so as I went through life um, as a young person, I always found myself 
in places where people were crying, you know, where children were crying, where my friends were crying. And I was always the one they came to. And it was from that moment, I must have been, I think the time I really recognized it, I was 15. And my girlfriend got pregnant. And I didn't know what to do except cry with her and cry with her. And her parents were rejecting it. And her parents wanted her to go have an abortion. And it was just a really trying time. But it was the first time that I felt someone else's pain at a deep level. And it wasn't long after that. I was 18 when I started going around the world and started really working with children. I traveled with an evangelist and worked with his children and then worked with children on the mission field, came back, went to Bible school, and started again to work with kids. Mm-hmm. And that's how I began. So I always knew there was something in me, a a strong calling in yeah, me yeah. to be involved with children. You know, Tina, let's stop right there because, ladies, as you're getting ready to hear this story unfold more, I want you to identify, and this is what I do with coaching with yeah. women, is I help them identify going back in their story or in my story series and identify what you saw as a child because what you saw is part of your calling. Yeah. So if you saw hurt and pain, that'll probably be part of your ministry. For me, I was that ultimate optimist. All I saw was good. All I saw was potential. All I saw was possibilities. That's why I'm a life coach today. I can look back and see. So see, what happens is as God calls us, He equips us. So if you go back and you see, some people, they just have a servant heart. They can't serve enough. Some people can't equip enough. Some people are the hands and feet. So go back to what you did as a child that mm-hmm. came naturally, and I'm going to call it supernaturally, because it was God's gift to you, His calling on you, that is when you are happiest, and that is when you are most fulfilled. Yeah. So once we identify that, then we can start to line up with our purpose, which is our calling, right? Yeah. Which is what gives us the most joy in our life. Amen? That's so right. And you know... Having started so young at 18 and then coming back and going to Bible school and changing my whole uh, perspective on the hurt that's out there in children. And I worked with kids for a long time. That's where I met my husband. But I remember right before I met my husband having an intimate moment with God, and I was in Israel at the time. And I stood looking down at Jerusalem on the high wall, and I just looked down and, and I went to the chapter in Isaiah where it talks about, I will give you many children. And I was weeping and weeping and just connecting to that. And all of a sudden, something arrested in me. And it was like, uh, what do you mean you're going to give me many children? And it talked about children I hadn't birthed. The the whole chapter in Isaiah talks about children I hadn't birthed. And I said, oh, I'm only 18. I want to birth some children. <laughs> you know, I want a husband. And he, it talks in that same chapter about God being your husband. And, and I just went, oh, God, no, you know. And, but God was so good. And he gave me my season of marriage. And he gave me my season with three children. And now I have grandchildren. But the calling never changed. The calling that I would have many children and that He would be my husband. And today I I sit here, as you know, Ron has passed away, and he is my husband, and I continue to birth many children through the brokenhearted. In in our ministry that we started as a couple that I continue on, it's still that same ministry. Though I've changed from doing children's work, what I saw was if I could get to the generation where the parents are hurting, I could save the generation of children growing up in healthy homes. 
You know, Tia, let me touch on that again. Now, listen, ladies, this is so good what she's saying, because listen to this. God set her aside. He gave her a heart for broken children, which really is, I believe, the key that you use even in relationships. It's so beautiful. But the reason I really wanted to use this word calling, and I want to touch on this today with, with, with you and let the women hear this, is when Ron passed away, which obviously he was a dear friend to all of us, it was hard on us. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying to me, Tammy, if it wasn't for the calling God had on my life, I couldn't get out of bed. Now, part of your story, again, with children is you have a beautiful young daughter that God's given you later mm-hmm. in life to raise up, and, and me as a beautiful young lady that young, uh, what is she, four, uh, fifth grade now? Twelve. Oh, yeah. she's growing up. And you get out of bed for her, but you yes. get out of bed because there's a calling outside of the calling of marriage and mm-hmm. children on your life. And ladies, yeah. it's so important that you realize... We are in seasons, and this is what we were just talking about, Tina, a few moments ago. Seasons come, and for some reason, many of us think the season we're in right now will be the season we stay in for the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. Whether it's vocationally, I'm in a ministry, you know, for me, we were been in wonderful churches. I assumed I'd be at that church forever with my ministry, but it will never be the case. That's right. Seasons come of being a newlywed, just as you are, you know, Pastor Kara, and children will come and will be a season, then children will go, which is called empty nest, and and we we Mm -hmm. have seasons seasons of life. If you don't understand that your calling will stay the same in those seasons, it'll just manifest and look different. Is that correct, yeah, Tina? That's so right. You know, I and I have shared this with you so many times. Mia, my 12-year-old, I call her my lifeline. Our ministry is called Relationship Lifeline, but I call her my lifeline because she gets me up every morning. Right. I have to get I have to do normal life every day, but it's my calling the passion that I know why I'm here on earth. It's not what I do, it's who I am. And it exudes out of me. It doesn't matter if I'm on an airplane, I'll see a broken heart. It doesn't matter if I'm in an airport, I'll see a broken heart. It doesn't matter if I'm sitting in church, for some reason I get drawn and it's the child in them that I see that is broken. You know, quite often uh, when I work with adults now in marriages and relationships, I will see that whatever was not resolved in their childhood is coming up in their relationships now and then they're passing it on to their children. So they're hurt. The Bible says lay down an inheritance for your children. That's supposed to be a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? But if we don't resolve all the things from our past, we're also handing down our anger to them. We're handing it. And so my real calling is to boldly walk in faith, causing others to do the same. And others showing them that your past does not have to create a future yeah. for you, for your children. Yes, it doesn't you define know, your future. No, it Absolutely doesn't not. define it. No. And you don't want anger to carry on. I remember Ron came from a very angry dad, and though he was an easygoing guy, if something triggered him in that anger place, it was bad. But he made a decision one day, that will not go to my next generation, not on my time. He dealt with it, and he realized where that root came from. So I think it's really important as women, especially women of influence, how are we influencing our world? Absolutely. You know, you just touched on something. I want to just talk about this. I I had a um, kind of a not kind of, it was a very supernatural spiritual experience with God when I was alone in my prayer room one day, and I heard His voice as audible as as you're hearing mine right now, and He said, Tammy, I called you independently of Phil. And I will use you independently of Phil. And for those of you who are listening, uh, Phil is my husband. We've we've co-pastored for many years. We've ministered for many years. And I had to go back in my mind and remember in the ninth grade, like so many of us have grown up in the church, when you kind of have that camp 
experience? Are you tracking yeah. with me, girlfriend? If you went away to camp as a child and, and you had your God moment, and I remember my God moment, and that would be what I call my calling. And it was in the ninth grade, and he called me personally to ministry, and I knew that. But I think what happened was I lost my identity and my calling along the way once I got married, and I fell under the calling of my husband. Now, I'm a little different because I am a pastor's wife or a pastor, and so it's easy as women yeah. to fall sometimes under if you are in a ministry with your spouse. Okay, so that's my story. But let me say to you, don't ever fall under the shadow of someone else's calling. Because when I when I erected that up and I received that back from the Spirit, and He reminded me of that calling, I walk in boldness. And that's really when Women of Influence was birthed so strongly four years ago when I took up the mantle and received back what He gave me in the ninth grade. And I believe that there's women today listening that God said, I called you. You know what I wired you to do. You know I've given you a heart for others. You know I've given you a leadership ability. I've given you vision. I've given you creativity. I've given you... They're just gifts. These are all tangible gifts He gives us. And when we pick that mantle back up and we say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to walk in what you called me. I'm going to pick that up and walk in it. There is a new release of the Spirit over us. And, and Tina, I just want to encourage you as we're in this studio, that's what you've done. Yes, you have mourned. Uh, our dear Ron's been gone over, a little over a year now, and you've had your season of mourning, and I'm mm-hmm. sure there's days you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. But you picked that mantle back up, realizing He called you when you were young, and you've moved back into the season well, you really are ministering to others. Well, and you know, Tammy, you've said something very powerful because he's been gone two and a half years. Has it, Isn't okay. that? I know. Okay. It feels like yesterday on some yeah. days, and some days it feels forever. But you know, while I knew that the possibility was there that he was going to go, there was many times that I would just say, I can't move on without him. I can't do this without him. But yet inside of me, I knew that the calling is separate. You're a couple, you're one, Mm. but our calling is very separate. And so if it weren't for that calling, I couldn't have gone on. I couldn't have continued. And when I look now at the last two and a half years, the ministry has grown more in two and a half years than we did in 20 years together. And that boggles my mind. You know, it really boggles my mind. I thought, how is this happening? Well, it's happening because I didn't lay down my mantle. Amen. I didn't lay it down. And I remembered the day. I'll never forget a couple people counseling. You got to watch counsel around you, especially when you're in grieving mode. But I remember counsel around me, you know, wondering how I would carry on. And it would be okay to just grieve for a while and take some time away. But then I remembered Israel. And I remember standing on that mountain, just like you remembered, you know, in the ninth Mm -hmm, grade. mm -hmm. I remembered being 18 and going... God, you promised me thousands upon thousands of children. I haven't had that many yet. And yet that's the promise at 18. And so I went back to that mountain and I picked up that mantle and I said, now I've had a season and I've had a season where we've had ministry, but not the ministry you showed me at 18. And that's the ministry that I picked up again. That's the calling that I picked up again because I knew my time, my appointment here on earth wasn't done. I wish it was. I wish I could have gone with him to a better place, you know? But until 
Our calling is done. We've got to work every day towards that. And I think of seasons. You've been speaking a lot about seasons, you know. We get comfortable in a season. We were really comfortable here. Uh, We'd come to California in 2008, and we were being blessed. We met uh, Phil and Tammy here, and, you know, our hearts were together and, and many other pastors. And it was just such a time we thought we've never been in a better place. And yet it was a short season yeah. here. It was four yeah. years yeah. before he passed. And I couldn't understand it. It was a comfortable season. Yeah. And then just after Ron passed away, a kind minister, an old, old minister came to me and he says, you know, sometimes God leads you to a place and then the brook dries up. And I said, what does that mean? And he took me back to 1 Kings, I think it's 17, 17. right? And where Elisha has just had his encounter with Jezebel. And he's tired and he's weak and he's depressed. He's just had the biggest victory of all. Mm. You know, this was the biggest time we've ever had in our ministry was here in California. And we loved it. And it was a new start for Ron and I. And we were comfortable. And all of a sudden, your biggest victory turns into one of the saddest things. And here he is. And the angel comes and he says, look, I'm going to lead you to this brook where, because the land had dried up, there'd been no rain. So he had to move. There was no water. And he moved him to this brook where there was water flowing into the Jordan. Mm -hmm. And and it was such a beautiful picture of the angel saying, I'm going to feed you there. You're going to rest there. There's going to be fresh water. There's no Mm -hmm. drought there, you know, and then suddenly the brook dries up and it's time to move on again. You know, and and you wonder, God, you brought me to such a sweet place, yeah. and now it dries up, and that's called a season. It is. But you know, his next season was with the widow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I feel that for me, though, this season has has grown in ministry, and and I've seen God provide, and I've seen God do things I never imagined, yet. The season of heartache is still there. Yeah. You know. You know, Tina, what you've just hit on, and, and I just want to kind of rest on this a minute before we conclude. And and ladies, hear my heart right now. Your calling won't change. That's, That's part of your right. DNA. It's how you're wired. It's what you see. It's what you what resonates with you. But your seasons will change, and that's what you've just that's said. That's so good, Tammy. You, know, you have you have this calling on your life, yeah. and it's going to look different. It'll manifest in different ways. So you may have different opportunities that come along, but what is in you, the DNA, and we'll call that our calling, mm-hmm. what we were birthed with, is who you are, and that will manifest. It'll just come out naturally because it's supernatural. So I just want you to, uh, you know, as we as we close today, just give a, a challenge to our listeners, Tina. Um, You've been through a rough season, yeah. but your calling, even though you've tried to suppress it and say, I'm done, I'm hurt, it is like that that spring of living water that just comes up. It, it erupts. You can't right. suppress. You cannot, it's coming to me right here, you cannot suppress your calling. Right. You can't. And you know, the challenge I would give is that I had the right... That, that's what the enemy gets into yeah. your head. I have the right to be depressed. I have the right to lay here and cry. And trust me, I cried many tears. You've mm. seen me. But you don't have the right to give up on your calling. That's good. And if that's going to stop you, if the crying is going to stop you, then get up, girlfriend, yeah. and stop crying. So Go good. find someone to laugh with yep. at that time. Find joy. If crying is going to heal, because it's healed me. Yes. You know, tears yes. are toxic, and they need to come that's out. That's good. But they can't rob me of 
my calling. Yes, that's so and when good. they attack, when those tears, you can tell the difference between tears that are just mourning and tears that are pity. That's pity good. on yourself. That's good. Right? I believe in crying. I believe there's healing in crying. The Bible says that He bottles our tears. Yes. So yes. I wouldn't discourage anybody from crying. But when those tears give you the right to shut down and give you the right to bury yourself or think mm. that, well, you know, without Ron, without this, without finances, without that, then I don't want to move on. You know, mm-hmm. unless God does this, I won't do that. Mm. You know, for my calling, mm. I don't need money. Broken hearts are a dime a dozen. I can find them on the street. I can find them on an airplane. I can find them in children's church with Pastor Kara. You know, it doesn't matter where I go. I learned that many years ago. It doesn't matter where I am in life, with or without. I am content in knowing around me there's a broken heart. That's so good. That's so good, Tina. Wow, you have said so many good things today. And um, this series, My Story, is about bringing women like yourself. All of us have a story. You're listening today, and you have a story. Your heart is a story. Your life is a story. Your steps are a story. So, Pastor Kara, um, wow, this has been so good today. It's been awesome. It has been so good. And um, just let me ask you as we conclude, what's Holy Spirit said to you through this podcast today? Well, um, I'm someone who got my calling a little bit later in life um, because I really fell in love with Jesus later in life. And um, for those of you that are listening who who don't have your calling yet, I really want to encourage you. Step one is Jesus. Without that, you're you can't get anything. When I was growing up, I was sure that my calling was to be super rich. That I don't know what that meant, but that was my calling. Um, but then as soon as Jesus got his hands on me, it became very, very clear. I've set aside this for you, my child. Um, so if you're out there and you're hungry for your calling, Jesus is step number one. And for those of you that do have your calling already, one of my very, very close mentors, one of her favorite sayings is, the dream is free, the hustle is sold separately. Just because we have a calling on our life doesn't mean everything is rainbows and butterflies. It's something that we're burdened with that we need to not drown ourselves in tears of pity or let us just sit in this stupor. We need to continue moving forward and pressing on. And um, for those of you that are listening, you can tell in the short time that we've been speaking with Tina Conkin, she is phenomenal. She has plenty of resources available for you if you need it. She is a relationship coach as well as an incredible mentor. And if you want to get in contact with her or if you've been listening and um, you you find yourself in a situation or a season where your relationship is in trouble or you just really need some good counsel, please reach out to her at relationshiplifeline.org or even tinaconkin.com. Um, I would really encourage it. You have a few books as well, right? Um, So look her up. She's amazing. Um, For those of you that are new to the Women of Influence podcast, I'd encourage you to check us out as well at womenofinfluence.today, or you can actually see the live video recording of these podcasts on our Facebook page. But I just want to encourage you, keep pressing on in either finding your calling or hustling to succeed in your calling, because I know that there is success out there in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're so excited to see you next time. Ladies, please share this podcast, because I believe every single one of you that are listening has a girlfriend that is kind of struggling with what she wants to do with the rest of her life. And you can be that woman of influence in your circle of friends. And I would just challenge you to do that as well. We'll see you next time, ladies. Have such an amazing day. 